So I'm reading an interesting article here. I'm just wrapping it up now. It's about Colorado Avalanche forward Zach Parise, who we all know just joined the team a few games ago. Um, the His Colorado Avalanche losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning last night, 6-3. to um, But just an interesting read about Zach Parise and how he really considered this little stretch off before joining the Coyotes to be kind of the, the end of his career and a bit of a glimpse into what it was like. And then as his skating ramped up a little bit in his own personal training he um he really uh ramped it up and got into the idea of maybe joining a team again so um this seems to be from this article that uh prize has made it pretty clear that this is going to be his last kick at the can at the nhl so um it'll be a nice little ending to his career if colorado can go far into the playoffs obviously we haven't seen zach prize in a final since uh, 2012 with the Devils after they lost to the Los Angeles Kings. That was a, um, a Stanley Cup final I remember quite well. Um, Marty Brodeur and all of those guys, that fourth line from the Devils was really good. Um, but this is uh, kind of a – I mean, you see Ryan Suter, too, in Dallas. We're going to talk a little bit about the Stars today. They laid a beating on the Nashville Predators last night, 9-2. But um, just a great career for Zach Parise overall. Um, just a consummate pro, was captain in New Jersey for a little bit. And I really remember the um, the day he signed with Ryan Suter in Minnesota and how big of a deal that was. And um, he's at 1,230 career games and 430 goals. Like, those are those are great numbers, 880 points. Um, you know, I, I, Zach Parise has been a pretty model NHLer for a really long time. I think we all remember the 08-09 season when he had 45 goals and 94 points and um, just, just, uh, he was point per game player the year after that too. And, um, it was just a really nice career for Zach Parise, a really good leader. Um, has bounced around a little bit with the Islanders and, the the, now the Avalanche, obviously. Um, but if this is the end of the career of Zach Parise, it is been a good one. So, uh, we'll see if it ends with the Stanley cup with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, they lost last night and they've lost five of six since he, has arrived in Denver, um, even though they've been on the road for the majority of his time there so far. So um, I hope that goes well. It, it's been a nice fit for him in the bottom six. Um, he's been tried up a little bit higher up in the lineup, but um, Colorado needs the the forward help right now. I think the reliance on the big guys has been um, too much to expect every single night that you play. So um any more depth moves will probably be a welcome addition for this avalanche squad. Um, so right after we got off yesterday, I mentioned uh, living out your dreams and uh, going to see that, that band and that concert. And um, you know, while you have the chance, go see your legends uh, in whatever craft or art you're interested in or sport or whatever. Um, so Sydney Crosby and the penguins come into town last night. I really thought about getting a ticket to the game. They were pretty cheap. And then, Right after we got off the air, it was announced Connor Bedard would be returning back to the lineup for the Blackhawks, um, and he did, and the ticket prices went up by more than double. So I personally did not end up going to the game. However, it looked like it was a great one. Um, Sidney Crosby scores twice. He hits 30 goals again, um, and Connor Bedard gets an assist on the on the Philip Kurashev goal. It was a great pass. He uh, gets caught a little bit on the 2-0 Riley Smith goal. Um, playing with it a little bit at the blue line and then misreading a little bit once he enters the D zone. But um, good game back overall from him. I know that 
it's always a bit of a worry when a young, talented player like that returns from a... Um, look, this wasn't the most serious injury that Connor Bedard could have had, but with a broken jaw, you still want to play it safe. Um, you want to make sure that he doesn't get hit in an awkward way, and he ends up missing another six weeks with that. So it looked uh, like a nice, comfortable return from Bedard, and Crosby is just unbelievable. I mean, 406, the even-strength goal, moving him into first place all-time in the franchise of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So um, Sid is just, I mean, it, it, the career that he's had uh, continues to go um, not underrated. It's Sidney Crosby. But he um, just at this level, he's still a top 10 player in the National Hockey League right now. This is not a late career swan song for a legend where he's just padding stats. This is a very determined hockey player who um, will do anything it takes to win still. And someone who I know is probably frustrated with the performances of the, the team as a whole. Um, even though he's such a consummate leader, leader, he would never go out and say anything like that. Um, there is probably definitely an internal struggle with just him and the state of the Penguins organization right now and what this could look like in the next couple of years. Because, yes, while that was a big win over the Blackhawks last night, 4-1, to one, Brian Rest also got a goal um, into the empty net. And it puts the Penguins in a better spot, obviously. they uh, We all remember the losses to Chicago and Columbus last year that kept Pittsburgh out of the playoffs and allowed the Florida Panthers to go on the run that they did. But um, they're five points out of the playoffs, five points behind the Detroit Red Wings. They have two games in hand on the Red Wings. But... You got to win those games. And I know they have the best um, goal differential of anybody currently sitting outside the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. But um, it's all about just how you can string together performances because some of that might be a bit skewed by some big, solid wins. We all remember the 10 0 1 they had over the Sharks earlier in the year. And so it's uh, a, a bit skewed, right? Um, it's not like everything is going swimmingly in Pittsburgh. And if they're able to put together a couple of these wins, we're going to see them in action Saturday or Sunday. I'm sorry, against the um, against Los Angeles Kings. But you've got to string together some wins. Otherwise, we're really going to call into question what the long term direction of this franchise is. I mean, those questions are already being they're already being asked. So, um, but if the team makes the playoffs this year, you can get away with pushing things off until another year. Kyle Dubas can give himself a bit of a of free space. I mean, you made the Eric Carlson deal. You are trying to show your organization that you're all in. Um, the power play hasn't been working like anybody would have thought. Um, although we all kind of saw the Brent Burns and Eric Carlson experiment happen in Pittsburgh with two big dog, number one, right shot defensemen and not enough puck to go around. So if, um, you know, I, the, if the power play can figure itself out in Pittsburgh, they should be okay. Um, as for the Blackhawks, like I said, it's just a great sight to see that Connor Bedard is back in the lineup. He's healthy. He's energetic. He's all over the ice. Every time he's on the ice, something exciting happens. Um, so that is good for the Hawks. They will probably be able to put a few pucks, a few more pucks back in in the back of the net if um, that ends up being the case. So um, Philip Zadina had a really good game last night. That was probably one of the standout performances of the night for me. Um, he had two goals and two assists. San Jose beats Calgary 6-3. to Andre Kuzmenko does score again for the Flames. Um, but it was a tough game overall for Dustin Wolf. Um, a lot of great A's against. A couple bad turnovers. The Noah Hannafin one and the Mackenzie Weger one obviously stand out. But 
um, a lot of just open chances uh, after the first period for the San Jose Sharks, and they buried them. They don't. That's not a team that really does that a lot, but they they buried them. And you know, there were definitely a couple that Dustin Wolf would probably want to have back too. Maybe the the second um, Philip Zadina one, he might want a back. The first one was a beautiful tip. I don't I don't I don't know that I've ever seen a tip like that off the the shaft of the stick and just like pops over the goalie's head. It was a pretty pretty neat goal. So. Um, just a really good game for Zadina. It's been a tough season for him coming over from the Red Wings and trying to give himself a fresh start. Um, he remember he we saw the whole contract uh, termination thing and um, in Detroit, and he wanted a fresh start and he wanted to um, yeah he he just wanted a fresh start there and he got it and he's gotten every opportunity to play. Obviously, it's not like there's a bunch of loaded depth up on the Sharks roster right now. They're Calling up guys left and right. So um, San Jose is going to take on Columbus at home Saturday night. And uh, for the Flames, that was a tough one. That was a really tough game. And you got to put up a better effort than that after you go up 1-0. The Kadri goal kind of brought energy. There was a good pace to the game from Calgary for the first little while. But, um, you know, just the consistency in that effort putting together a full 60 minutes for the squad has been a bit of a challenge outside of that four game win streak we saw um, that came to an end against the Rangers on Monday night. So um, we will see how all this goes as far as the future. Um, Calgary will host Detroit on Saturday afternoon. Um, Dustin Wolf, you know, let's, let's get Jacob Markstrom back in there. He's been excellent. Um, Not a knock on Dustin Wolf. He will, get his time in the NHL. Um, and it was probably the game you wanted to put him in there last night against the Sharks. But um, they capitalized, man. What else can you say? Justin Bailey, um, all, all those guys. Luke Cunning got a goal. Um, so anything offense-related, the Sharks will definitely take at this point in the year. Um, same goes for the St. Louis Blues. 6-3 uh, to three over the Edmonton Oilers last night. And Jordan Bennington robbing... Zach Hyman a few times in front of the net all alone. Zach Hyman's been that guy in front of the net. He's, you know, doesn't really miss from there very often. But Jordan Bennington had his number. Robert Thomas had a goal. Jake Neighbors had a couple. Uh, Jake Neighbors had one. Sorry. Um, but he, I mean, first of all, saw a young winner right off the hop. Um, but he, oh, he had a goal and two assists. That's why I thought he had two goals. But, um Robert Thomas also has been really good. Um, lately, we've talked about him, the trio of him, Kyru and Buchnevich. Uh, they all scored last night for St. Louis. Tory Crew got one too, so that was nice seeing him get a goal. But uh, Bennington was really good. And on the opposite end of that, Stuart Skinner was not. Um, and Stuart Skinner might have to do a bit of a reevaluation. They might want to put him, um, give Calvin Pickard a starter too. Um, we've just seen a couple bad, uh, tough rough outings for Stuart Skinner lately. So with him, I think it's just not letting it turn into that much of a slide and allowing himself to pull back a little bit, and things will be all right. Um, Only one NHL game on the board tonight. It is the Carolina Hurricanes visiting the Arizona Coyotes. Um, But I think the game of the night is actually in the PWHL, and we will see Montreal visit Toronto tonight. They will play in the Scotiabank Arena. That is a game that sold out in... I want to say less than a few minutes, but I'll say less than 10 just so I can be definitely for sure. Um, And everything I've heard, whether the games are local, whether the games are 
um, some of these, the ones in Pittsburgh and Detroit, obviously, that we've talked about, or this one at Scotiabank, it is in the same city as the team, but uh, it is a different neutral site game, right? So this game is, this game, first of all, is going to be the third time that the PWHL breaks an attendance record for a women's pro hockey game. So this arena should be loud. It should be packed. It, um, I'm just really excited to see the environment of this. Look, there's going to be more fans at this game tonight than there will be at the Arizona Coyotes game, everybody. So um, just a very exciting time for women's hockey. Just trying to explain that to other people, too, who aren't really so much in the space, but maybe they've heard about it a little bit. They've seen a few clips. Um, just like sharing whatever you can, because the games are really good. Like the games are, have just been excellent. The, the games on Wednesday were really good. Uh, Toronto beating Boston 5-3. to three. Boston really ha- looked like they were putting pressure on Toronto, but Kristen Campbell was awesome. And uh, Natalie Spooner con- continues to put pucks in the back of the net. She now has 10 goals on the year for PWHL Toronto. She leads the league. Um, Emma Malte seems to be turning it up. Sarah Nurse seems to be turning it up a little bit. So look out for that Toronto squad, everybody. They just beat a very good Boston team, and Minnesota continues to roll. They beat Ottawa. They took care of them 2-1 to one on Wednesday as well. Um, but just, it, it's great hockey. Tonight's game is going to be absurd, in my opinion. I've heard that some tickets, even just trying to get one or two tickets, has been $500 and above. So just for tonight's action, and even in their, even at Mattamy Ice Center, their normal home arena, it, it's not easy to get a ticket there. It's a, it's a very pricey ticket, so... As it should be, it's a good product. It's in demand. Um, if you have it, they will like. They've done a great job of creating demand for this, and there is certainly demand. I mean, you know, we've talked a little bit about the PWHL possibility for expansion this summer. Um, I think there's going to be more heavy consideration into it than people might think for a year that for a league that's in year one to expand right after that, and in a condensed year one too. I might add, they're only playing 24 games this year, um, so. It, uh, we'll see. I mean, this is just like an interesting time for the growth of sport too. There's a lot of other sports that are doing the same thing where they're finally establishing themselves as a good league. Um, lacrosse comes to mind with the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League. They're really, they finally branched out into markets and um, just a very interesting time for sport overall. So that game tonight between Toronto and Montreal should be really good. What's going to happen on the ice? I mean, you have Marie-Philippe Poulin and, uh, versus Sarah Nurse. And obviously I mentioned... Um, Natalie Spooner too um so should be just a great game overall we'll see if Kristen Campbell gets a start tonight for Toronto too she's played a majority of the minutes I think maybe the most minutes in the league so far too but um that'll be a good game that'll be a really good game we'll also see two games on Saturday in the P-Dub Ottawa is going to take on Minnesota Boston's going to take on New York and then one game on Sunday Minnesota at Montreal too so Montreal will be at home in the afternoon on Sunday following tonight's craziness um what else? So the NHL game on the board tonight, like I mentioned, is Carolina visiting Arizona. And Peter Kachekov's been playing a lot better for Carolina. I've mentioned him a few times, but the the inconsistencies in goal for Carolina seem to be what everyone is pointing at as far as the delineation of this team being elite and this team being a Stanley Cup contender. Um, so it... Um, it if Peter Kachekov can really be this guy, and I think the organization has built him as such, I personally, through my viewings of the player, have uh, that full belief that he can be 
an Alexander Georgiev type, maybe a little bit of a higher upside than Georgiev. I don't know that his level is at that same peak as potentially in Askarov in Nashville could be. Um, but this is a really good hockey player, everybody. He is um, he's a winner. He won the Calder Cup with the Chicago Wolves. And, you know, this guy is just a good personality, a good human being. He's got a good head on his shoulders. So those guys tend to really figure it out. Um, he has fun with the game. He loves the game. You could tell how happy he was after that shutout last Saturday. And um, if he can be not just the long-term answer, but the short-term answer for Carolina, this could really be a, a season where everybody doesn't expect them to win the Stanley Cup, but they do. Um, that seems to be the case in the National Hockey League over the last few years. You have one team in the final that everybody kind of expects to be there and another team that kind of catches fire at the right time. Maybe you look at them and initially before the playoffs start or even a little bit before you're like, they don't have the pieces and those pieces turn into the pieces. Um, I think a lot of people thought of that with the Florida Panthers last year. We saw the Montreal Canadiens around a few years ago when they uh, lost to Tampa Bay. Same thing with Dallas, even though I think Dallas was in a different state of the organization. I think that Montreal Canadiens team was on the the tail end of the Carey Price window, Carey Price, Shea Weber window of things. And you have the that late insertion of youth and talent in that next generation of Montreal Canadiens player with Cole Caulfield. You had the the physicality of the Joel Edmondson and the Josh Anderson and Arturi Lekkanen had a really good playoffs that year. So did Duel Armia. Um, so that was kind of that. In Dallas, it was a little different. It seemed to be a, a bit of a transition period from what would be the older into the the youth that's really come. Obviously, it was Rupe Hintz, and uh, we had yet to see Jason Robertson in the National Hockey League yet. Same for Wyatt Johnston, right? So, um, but... These players, you know, Miro Haskinen got their, his first kind of look and shine in the National Hockey League like that. So um, there always seems to be that team. The big picture here. That that's There always seems to be that team. That's why I believe in the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and they have the high end, obviously, with the Crosby and the Malkin and the Latangs there. Um, but maybe some of these depth guys like a Drew O'Connor and uh, some of these other players that have been playing pretty well for them. And I know they're going to miss Jake Gensel for the next four-ish weeks. Um, but even still, like, if you're able to get into the playoffs, anybody can win. Um, and Carolina's not even that team. Like, everybody expects Carolina to be good. They have a, one of the arguably one of the best defenses in the NHL. They have a really deep forward group. Maybe somebody that... Uh, maybe a team that lacks a, a game-breaker, right? You know, you look at some teams like the Penguins who have... Countless game breakers, but not even close to the depth of the Hurricanes. But the Hurricanes are a team built on depth, especially in the forward group. Um, you can argue that you have some stars on the back end with Slavin and company. Um, but we all know that the question for the Carolina Hurricanes exists between the pipes. So if they are able to figure that out, either internally or externally, that would be great. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes quickly slipping out of it. There's been a lot of talk about Matt Dumba's name being in the rumor mill. Um it seems to be that they've really enjoyed him there, though, too, and that he's really enjoyed it. I think, obviously, things were a bit more fun when they were in a playoff spot or hovering around it. But now that we're fading away from the playoff picture, if you're the Arizona Coyotes, Matt Dumba may be more open to a move. 
to a contender of some sort or maybe even not a contender. I've heard Ottawa's name out there with Dumba, but you'd have to envision that that would be a long-term play where they get him, they lock him up for five, six years at a pretty reasonable cap hit, but they get that first kind of look in at him. I've heard Buffalo too with Matt Dumba. Um, But, you know, if you're a contender, I think you should be looking at a player like this too. Not to sell the whole farm, right? Like if you're one of those teams like Buffalo or Ottawa who's looking to just get more veteran presence in the locker room, you may be willing to go that extra year or that extra million or two as opposed to a contender who might be a bit tighter up against the cap and already has those kinds of players in the lineup. They're just trying to get better. Um, If you're looking at Dumba for a pure rental standpoint, second round pick. If you're trying to keep him around for the next long stretch, a first round pick seems like the appropriate ask like that. So I think there are going to be some players here, especially the way the market is, that um, are overpaid for. Um, not that, you know, we all believe in the draft pick thing and, you know, they're just kicks at the can. They're not surefire NHLers that are going to play 400-plus games. They are kicks at the can. Um, there was a lot of talk last night in Toronto's 4-3 win over the uh, Philadelphia Flyers about Travis Konechny, how he was you the pick the Flyers used to pick him was – given to them by the Leafs for two draft picks because the thinking then was, well, two guys are better than one guy when in reality, maybe sometimes you should just look at it more objectively and say, hey, uh, we're going to take the guy that is right there and is a really good hockey player and really cares. And uh, in in the vein of Travis Konechny, I mean, he's just excellent, really um, a John Tortorella-style player. I know they lost last night, but you could just tell that those guys work harder than everybody else in the National Hockey League right now. That's why they find themselves in a playoff spot. Um, It's not that they are a better team than a lot of these other teams like the New Jersey Devils, right? Um, How entertaining was that Jack Hughes clip? I'll I'll get to that in a second. I think I'm going to try and send that right now to... um, I think I'm going to send that right now to to, uh, Brendan right now so he can look at that. Um, So... Sorry, just reading a couple texts now, also trying to find this clip. So basically what happened, Brendan, was this player, Jack Hughes, um, was calling Victor Harvidson soft and saying how uh, he is the player that players come to watch or that people come to watch. So hold on, I just want to find this clip. I'm not really great. Here you go. Tell me what you think of this. I thought this was pretty funny. Um, You want me to play it on air? Uh, no, cause you, you don't really get the guy. Um, but just, have you really like seen, I mean, we always see guys like jawing at each other, but I think, uh, people pay to watch me play that that's the quote right there. People pay to watch me play. I think that's a, uh, I think that's an awesome, that's an awesome thing to say. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you really think they like, what do you, what do you think about like chirping like this? And, um, like, I, I don't really know what the guys out in the NBA are saying. And maybe they are saying things like this, like people pay to watch me play. And um, obviously, I love to see the 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 villain energy from a player <laughs> like Jack Hughes. I mean, that's what this is, man. Like, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a stud in the league. Like, he's absolutely right when he says that. Um, I think, yeah, there's two sides of the coin. It's like the, the criticism of that would be like you're a social media player and uh, you're just a diva. And... Also, I, I kind of like it's kind of hard for him to say that because it's like he's saying like basically he's in a league way above whoever he's talking about. You know, it's like you're different. Like I'm different than you. 
they come to watch me play, not you. So the player in question that he was chirping to was Victor Arvidsson of the Los Angeles Kings. That was his first game of the year, too. He um, had surgery in the offseason and is playing his first game back. That was last night. Um, and look, I, I, I don't think anybody would say that Jack Hughes is not that player. Um, and then the funny part about it was on one of the clips, I can't remember whose it was, but somebody who posted that clip, the Los Angeles Kings commented under it, like, lose? Here, I'll send this to you, too. Um, so they commented lose like this underneath the post with, like, the, the asterisks above it that people use to designate a spelling mistake. So I thought that was very funny um, on the Kings end, too. The social media, what, do you have any thoughts, maybe? I mean, I've seen, in hockey, we've seen a lot of it from the Arizona Coyotes. Um, some people have argued the professionalism of it. I think it's funny. I think it's great for the game. Um, it's making light of if in the context of the coyotes, we've seen some posts of them looking for an arena and things like that. Um, yeah, love it or hate it. I think that nowadays people need like a, uh, I don't, I don't want to say like a hip, but like not out of touch, uh, person running their social media. It's like, there's a lot of criticism for it. Obviously I feel like I always translate stuff back to the NFL, but it's like the Packers have like the worst one in the league. They just have like some dude who just like posts like stats and like, congratulations, this person's birthday. Like it's, it's really boring. And people love when like teams like the lions and the chargers do a bunch of cool stuff on social media and have their, uh, executive it's or, fun man. or whatever like, it's just fun whatever and, intern they have doing it just like you know having fun and just being funny and all that it's like it gets you more press publicity love for the team it's like people it, it's, take sports way too seriously yeah like, exactly it is serious i get it these are these are players these are jobs it's a lot of money on the line people like people don't i i know especially from a hockey hockey perspective People don't like to see players get a lot of money and then be dogging it, you know? Like, that's not... Hockey fans take that personally, probably more so than a lot of other sports. And um, I think it might be because of the salary cap. This is this was all started as a discussion about the um, Philadelphia Flyers, too, and how hard they play. But um, I think it just goes into the, the personality thing of it. Um, you, these guys are not robots. Uh, hockey players have been accused of that a lot in the past. Um I think just the personality, right, from the teams and from the players. The, I love the Jack Hughes part of it. I love the um, the Kings part of it. And I just think it's overall good for the game. Like, I think people talk about it. Um, you're right in that younger people need to be hired. I still see some teams that rack with the, the older man, like the 45-plus-year-old man running the Instagram accounts. There are still professional teams that do that i know it's just like the thing is that it's so obvious like you could yes, so easily it tell <laughs> it's just painful sorry drinking coffee here but you're, you're absolutely right there i mean you can tell the difference between someone who's really having fun with it and somebody who is just maybe a little bit more out of touch with what the world is like in there so um obviously that was fun and i'll get back to my original point too about just the philadelphia flyers who not a lot of people have expected a lot from, and we know that, and we've talked about that a lot here, but um, just the fact that they continue to play hard and there is no game-breaking talent on this team, in the forward group especially, but even on the defensive end uh, too. We know Travis Sanheim has been leading the way. 
Cam York has been good. We've talked ad nauseum about Nick Sealer and Sean Walker and those kinds of guys that uh, may be moved by the by the deadline. But um, while they've been in Philadelphia, have been very good. Samuel Erson's been good when called upon too. Um, I know he probably liked some of those ones back from the Leafs against him yesterday, but um, he's been solid and they play hard for their coach. Like that is a team that really is playing hard for John Tortorella. Um, and it reminds me a lot of the Seattle Kraken last year where there's not a lot of um, star power on that team, but just like a lot of really good energy guys, second line level players that, um, you know, I, I've heard the term for second lines too much this year when talking about the Flyers and some of these other teams that uh, they used to, it's almost a backhanded compliment where you are insulting the overall talent level of the teams by saying that there's no um, high-end skill on the team, but just it is a it is a compliment too, where you're you're talking about the depth because if you have four second lines, that means your fourth line is really good too. So um, Philadelphia, like I said, they, they might stick in the playoff spot. That's a big point. Like I, I you know, I, I know an overtime loss, and uh, people are getting more and more on about the three on three overtime and how it's becoming more of a skills competition. But uh, that point aside. The, it's a big point for the Flyers. They're seven seven up on the Devils now. They have uh, they've played two more games, but the fact that you're able to battle back from down three one after the Austin Matthews hat trick in less than eight minutes, everybody. Um, but you're showing resilience. You're showing determination that you're not going to go away easy, whether it's in a game or in the overall playoff picture. The Flyers, if they drop out of the playoff race, which I you know, it's getting more and more unlikely by the day that the Flyers end up falling out of this. I really figured them to be the team that would fall out of it. I figured a team like Detroit might have more staying power in the playoff race long term um, through the end of the season. And it turns out that team might just actually be the Flyers um, because I do anticipate one of the one of the three teams, whether it's the Devils, the Islanders or the Penguins, one of those three teams will make the playoffs by season's end. I Give me the Devils first and the Penguins second. I know I keep flip-flopping on those every other day, but um, the Islanders just need to get more wins than extra time. But um, it should be exciting. The Flyers are playing great hockey, even though they lost last night. And uh, the Austin Matthews hat trick, too. I mean, we can talk about that for a second. It's his fifth of the year. That's a Leafs record. The all-time record for hat tricks in a season is 10 by Wayne Gretzky. He did it twice. I just... You know, every Wayne Gretzky stat gets me. Um, he is the greatest athlete, the most dominant athlete in all sport, in my mind. Um, he is untouchable in that regard, too. Um, nobody really dominant. Like, imagine uh, what Austin Matthews is doing now. He's on pace to score 71 goals. Um, and, like, he scored a hat trick in 7 minutes and 49 seconds. That's unbelievable. But to the, the fact that Gretzky did double what he did twice like even if Austin Matthews I could see another hat trick or maybe even two out of him that's seven hat tricks that's still three hat tricks away from Wayne Gretzky's record which is just mind-boggling so um Wayne Gretzky is the goat Austin Matthews is um getting there maybe as far as maybe not the greatest player of all time but the greatest goal scorer of all time um that conversation is starting to be had and I heard, look, we haven't seen 50 and 50 in a long time. I heard a little bit of talk about that. I never really believed it myself that, that Austin was going to get there. But he got pretty darn close. Four, 45 goals in 51 games. I mean, that's as close as you're probably going to get nowadays in the National Hockey League to 50 and 50. So um, 
just good on him. It was the first natural hat trick by a Leaf since 1996. It was Wendell Clark against the Oilers on November 9th, 1996. So that also surprised me too, that not even Austin himself had a natural hat trick at any point in his career so far. Um, Leafs win again. They, um, that was after they beat the Blues on Tuesday through a really thorough effort. It was probably an effort that they uh, wanted back during stretches. I think the the Matthews brilliance is what kept them in that one. But um, they're still sitting in that first wild card spot, nipping at the heels of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won again last night 6-3 to three over the Colorado Avalanche, wearing the new jerseys that they got. And everybody keeps dogging the fact that they say hockey club on them. Brendan, I'm going to send these to you, too, just so you can have an opinion on these. What do you think of these jerseys, man? They, um, yeah, the, the big the big stipulation here seems to be that the, that it says hockey club on the front, which I don't really understand the problem with. I, I do get it. None of these teams really reference themselves as hockey clubs anyways, but um, I think they're cool. They looked really good last night. Oh, um, yeah. No, I... That's clean. Yeah, I love the clean. the black alternates. Is that is that kind of what it is? An alternate? It is. It is an alternate. Um, it's their third jersey. The um, the thing about the black, I think there's a lot of black in hockey. There's a lot of black and blue in hockey. Um, so you know when a team goes with like a pretty crazy color, I really enjoy it. There's not enough green in the NHL, in my opinion. Obviously, Flyers orange is Flyers orange. Um. But I, I like the jersey, man. I, uh, I don't really understand all the hate about it. Um, it's cool. It's cool. Really cool. Uh, makes me think of old school. And as far as the game itself, I mean, we talked a little bit about the avalanche when talking about Zach Parise. And I, I don't think things are going as well as they thought they would be in Colorado right now. But I think that's partly due to the scoring depth. And um, for Tampa Bay, that's a huge win. I mean, any win in this post Mikhail Sergachev surgery era for this season is going to be crucial i mean if it i don't know that it's an impossibility that tampa bay misses the playoffs this year i don't think anybody is guaranteed a spot they've played more games other than the flyers of anybody currently in a playoff spot they're both at 55 games but um you know some of these other teams like the red wings and the leafs like would you be surprised if toronto jumped into that three spot instead of the lightning and then, you know, like it's suddenly becoming a race. Like this is, um, that was an important win for Tampa Bay. And look, they looked really good while doing it too. I mean, it's not like they, they skated by there or kind of like the Leafs did. But um, the the Lightning really did take it to Colorado a little bit. I know there's, there's some struggles in the Colorado net, but um, this is a team where like Nikita Kucherov, obviously what he's doing is incredible, but... Um, Hedman is going to have to be that more dominant. Like, he's going to have to be that Victor Hedman that we've seen over the last 10 years. And I know last season wasn't maybe his best season in the National Hockey League. And this season's been a bit different. And that's why the Sergeyev injury means so much, I think, because he was really starting to take, not take over for Hedman. I think that that's a bit of like a misnomer when you're saying that somebody's going to take over for somebody else, assuming that that player isn't what he used to be. And maybe Victor Hedman isn't the peak peak of his powers, but he's still um, he's still there. So um, yeah, I, um, I I like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I like John Cooper. Um, if some of these guys like Martinson Lilleberg and some of these other guys, these depth guys, they turn into, I think he could be a really good player. Obviously, um, 
Brandon Hagel's having a really good season too, but sometimes you watch it and you wish you could get a little bit more from him. Same for a player like Anthony Sorelli. I know we're nitpicking two-time Stanley Cup champs right now. Um, Hagel is not one, but Sorelli too. I mean, he's played better of late points in his last four games, but um, there, there's more there for Anthony Sorelli. There's definitely more there. Um, just even like on the defensive side of the puck, we were talking about this guy a few years ago as a potential Selkie candidate long-term. And I think that potential is still there for him. He's only 26 years old. There is room for growth in his game. He's experienced so much, right? Scoring the overtime winning goal in the Memorial Cup and doing the thing with two Stanley Cups with the, with the Lightning. So um, th- there's more to unlock there. And if he can turn into a piece, some of these defensemen can stand up and you know show that they can play. Nick Perbix has been good, obviously, since last season, but... What is Nick Perbix going to be in the National Hockey League for the long term? Is he a 5-6? Is he a 3-4, right? Um, and it, same with Darren Radish. Can Darren Radish be a 6-7 or can he be a 5-6, right? So um, that's all about what it's about in Tampa Bay. And I wouldn't count. They're always in it. They're always in it as far as trades go. So don't be surprised if that is a team that looks at some of these rental options and decides to do a little dipping in there, especially if it doesn't cost a lot of draft capital to make it happen. So um, I think we're going to wrap there for today. We have a recording of the deep fade with Zach Elliott coming out later. Uh, what's, what's going on in the world of sports? What are the, what do you think Zach's going to be covering today? Ooh, probably some basketball, unfortunately stuff I don't know about. Did you see that Caitlin? Clark? I know we were talking about it a little bit, but like, did you see? So she broke the all-time scoring record for the NCAA women's basketball. In she overtook, quarter, right? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. In the first quarter, she put up eight points. Um, Kelsey Plum was the player that she overtook. I think she plays in the Las Vegas Aces, if I'm not mistaken, in the WNBA. This is the most WNBA talk we've done, um, probably more than I've done ever. But there's just like a lot of. Um, talk about this player being like the the game-changing face of basketball. I have to admit, I haven't watched too many of her games. I've seen the clips. I've seen the highlights. I see her pull up from the logo and drain a three. Um, and I think maybe this more so speaks to the overall sensation. And this is a good thing. I think it can be a bad thing. I think we're going to see it do bad things to players over time. Um, you know, But we all saw the, the hype around Connor Bedard last year in the lead up in his draft year, like, and this was an 18 year old kid. This was a 17 year old kid at the time too. He's only 18 now. Um, but he was a superstar before he played a second in the national hockey league. Like that was, um, just kind of the way it was. Right. And, you know, that's happened over time. We like Sidney Crosby was brought in with much fanfare in his draft year. And, um, but I think more and more it's becoming even more of a thing. Right. And I don't know if I'm wrong there, Brendan, what you think about it. But like, you know, we've seen it in basketball, too, where like Wembanyama obviously got the media attention that he did in his draft season. It was a little bit different for him, I think, because he was playing over in France. Um, But I'm trying to think like baseball, you don't really see that happen just because like there's a bit of a delineation. You can get drafted twice in baseball, too. Um, But this is definitely the most hyped that any basketball prospect has been women's basketball prospect has been in a long time probably ever probably ever yeah so um i think it's cool like i think it's doing a lot for the game i mean you know we're gonna bring this back to hockey we were obviously talking about the pwhl a little bit and i mentioned the sarah nurse interview that was out um the other day and 
how she mentioned Nela Lopusanova, the 14, 15 year old Slovakian player who has made the transition to playing high school hockey here in the United States to have a bit more structured development path for herself. Um, she's already a star. Like we like her highlights are all over hockey Instagram and Twitter and people know a 15 year old, 14 year old, whenever she was 14, like they knew a 14 year old Slovakian women's hockey player's name. Right. And like a lot of people knew it. And I don't think that we've ever been at that point in history too. where just like, you can know the name of a 14 year old Slovakian women's hockey player and know that she's amazing. Right. Um, so good on Caitlin Clark. I don't know. We'll see if Zach talks about that a little bit, but keep on the lookout for that. I, um, and that's women's basketball brought to you by hockey show. Um, so, um, That'll do it for us today. I hope everybody has a nice weekend watching the hockey. I'm going to keep my eyes on the P-Dub tonight. Carolina, Arizona tonight. There's 12, 13 games around the board, a couple on Sunday, too. we got the stadium series, everybody. We talked about that with Johnny Lazarus on Tuesday, and he'll be there. It looks like it's a great time there with the the media skate that they had yesterday, and uh, the Flyers and the Devils will get tomorrow, and uh, we'll get Rangers Islanders on Sunday, and that should be a really good one. So I hope everybody has a really nice weekend. Thanks for joining us this week. Check out the Deep Fade later today. Check out the F1 show coming out on Monday, and uh, we'll be back with you on Monday to get you ready for 10 NHL games then and to recap a nice weekend, and I hope everybody has a lovely weekend. Thanks to Brendan, too, of course. <laughs> <laughs>